For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Puck and Pigskin Podcast, presented by Bravara Media. Just great sports fans talking mostly about hockey and football, sprinkled with a bit of everything else. Now, here's your host, a Flames fan with a Golden Knights backup plan, Jason Bizek. Okay, I'm joined now by my occasional co-host, Vi Chan, Lube's Helmet on uh, Twitter, and MMA fighter from Malaysia, Colleen Augustin. Colleen, Vi, welcome. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Uh, So right now it is, I believe, just a little past 8.30 p.m. in Malaysia, and Vi and I got our asses out of bed uh just shortly after 6 a.m for this interview <laughs> thank you guys so much for waking up for me i appreciate it <laughs> i was waiting for vi to say something like i'll wake up to you anytime <laughs> <laughs> wow Jason. that's uh that's how uh that's uh that's a uh, making me look bad already and it's uh not even 7 a.m in the morning oh, Okay, I'll stop with I'll stop with the cheesy corny jokes. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, Col- yeah, go ahead, Lube. Uh, I was just saying. So, Colleen is an MMA fighter out of uh, uh, out of Asia, and uh, uh, I've watched uh, I've watched a, f- a couple of your fights on YouTube, and I, I thought to myself, wow, uh, you know, you know, your striking ability is 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 quite quite fascinating to me. I uh, used to I used to fight MMA as well. For for those who don't know, uh, I'm sure the majority know. Uh, and the last fight that I watched, uh, uh, the last fight that uh, I watched you fight, you know, not to not to not to bring up a a, a bad memory of it. Uh, I really think you, sh- I really think you should have. Uh, I really, I don't think you should have took that one to the ground. So, uh, but I was very impressed. Yes, I agree. We had a we had a wrong game plan for that fight, and. After that, I was like, okay, that was a completely wrong game plan. And I learned my mistake. And I mean, that's kind of how it works in amateurs, right? We learn from our mistakes and we make sure we do- it doesn't happen again. Yeah, you have a uh, 11, uh, you had a, a 11 win fight streak. Uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. It's too, too early. I'm stumbling over my words. Uh, you had an 11 win streak, uh, fight win streak. And, and uh, you know, a minor setback, right? Right now as an, as an amateur. Um my first question to you is, I guess you sort of already answered it, you know, learn from your mistakes, but yeah. uh, for me, so what's, what's, what are you doing moving forward? Are, uh, I mean, because of the pandemic, I know that you haven't fought in a while. Do you yeah. have something coming up? Um, right now, due to where I am, which is because I'm based in Malaysia right now, um, gyms are not open and all that sort of stuff. So, I don't have anything set in stone when it comes to competitions and stuff like that, but I have a plan to get back into competition mode and stuff again. So right now all I'm doing is ensuring that I'm doing my weight training 
so I'm keeping fit and all that. I just had a minor surgery a couple months ago. So making sure that I'm starting strong. So co completely changing my mindset in a sense where, okay, now we're going to start from a different aspect of my strength training for once is as for MMA fighter, no longer just whatever strength training I'm doing, but specifically an individually individualized training program for a MMA fighter. So I feel like that's a great start. Um, I'm training with my brother. My brother is a, a Muay Thai fighter and he also does coach Muay Thai. So it's already in the family. So I told my brother, I need to keep my fighting sharp. I need to keep my striking sharp at least because I can't really do grappling in jiu-jitsu now. So he's helping me um, as much as he can right now consistently three times a week. He will train me in my striking, my Muay Thai, my boxing, whatever it is in my MMA striking in that aspect. So I'm basically just making the best as I can. And sometimes um, my brother will spar with me to keep me sharp and he's helping me with my mistakes and stuff like that. So basically, I'm just making the best of my situation right now. Now, uh, you just had a minor surgery. And for those who don't know, sometimes you think a fighter goes into fights uh, completely healthy. But I can tell you what, uh, th there's never been a fight that a fighter can go in that's completely healthy. And I think Colleen can attest to that. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, it's been eight years since I've retired, and I'm still not healthy. So uh, it's uh, <laughs> I, have, I have aches and pains. I have aches and pains everywhere, every day. So, uh, yeah. Jason. Yeah, I uh, I watched a few of her fights yesterday as well. Uh, watched your fights, Colleen. Um, very impressive. Very impressive. Um, I, what what weight class are you in? Because I looked at some of your fights, and I'm like, Jesus, she's little. She's so little. Straw, right? <laughs> Is it strawweight? I'm, I'm in the strawweight category, yes. <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I'm actually a bit a bit too small for the strawweight strawweight division, but then dropping down to atom weight would kill me. So hence why I'm staying at strawweight. And then now since the pandemic, I kind of figured like, hey, all right, let's get bigger then. So so I've been lifting weights in hopes that I can push my walking weight up heavier. And then when I fight, when I fight, I have the strength of a 56 kilo, but then I'll be weighing at 52 for my tournaments and stuff like that. Well, now I'm still progressing slowly. I think now I'm about 54, 54 kilos, give or take. So the, the muscle building is progressing slowly. Now you mentioned if you drop down to the to the next lowest next lower weight class that it would kill you. Yeah. Um, wouldn't that put wouldn't that put you at the top of the weight in that weight class? So wouldn't you do better or or do you mean kill your career? Like because you, um, you get more points when you fight higher weight classes or how does it no, work? Because like I fight in IMAF, so since like the, I think the the fights that you guys watch is definitely in IMAF, which was my last tournament. Because IMAF is a tournament basis where we fight every single day. So in order for me to maintain a 48 kilo um, weight for five days in a row is going to kill me a lot. Because um, I did once for a jiu-jitsu competition. So a jiu-jitsu competition was at 50 kilos. But I needed to weigh 50 kilos in gi. I think 50 or 51 in gi. Which means that I had to be about 48, 49 without gi. Because the gi is about 1 to 2 kilos just to be safe. So I dropped my weight down to about 49 to 50 kilos. And I was 
my ribs were jutting out. I could see my hip bone and I didn't feel as strong as I was when I was walking at about 53 kilos, which is my straw weight weight. So that is when I was like, okay, yes, I will have an advantage as I'll be bigger in the atom weight division, but to lose my strength and my cardiovascular, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just stay at 52 kilos and then make myself be a bit bigger. Yeah, I gotcha. So, so you're talking health for sure. Vi, go mm. ahead. Um, so, well, how would you? What would you consider yourself uh, more as? Do you, you find that you're more of a natural striker, um, or do you find that you know you, you're more comfortable on the ground? Uh, it's really hard for me to say that because I've had a lot of people ask me that question, and it's very hard for me to to say like which one I'm more natural. I personally do love to grapple. Even though I started with Muay Thai first, I do love my grappling. It's a bit more natural to me. But at the same time, being on my feet, I don't feel uncomfortable as well because I've been in a Sanda fight, I've been in a kickboxing match and also a Muay Thai fight before. So I'm not too adverse to one or the other either. So I guess like... I I, I guess kind of grappling, but at the same time... What I want to be is all-rounded because that's what a good MMA fighter is. Uh, when I watch your fights, isn't that, that's interesting because when I watch your fights, you seem a lot more comfortable uh, on your feet, like from a viewer's <laughs> perspective, right? So it, it's a uh, kind of a kind of strange thing, right, to ask a to ask a fighter or ask maybe even like football players, hockey players, whatever, uh, you know, because uh, to the viewer, we always see a di- we might see a different perspective. So thank you for answering that question. Yeah. Um, uh, moving moving on, I kind of wanted to uh, just to step aside from MMA uh, and your and your budding career right now. Uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the pandemic and how you know because we did talk a little bit about it. Maybe we can elaborate some more and how it's really affected you uh, in terms of your training, right? Because uh, um, uh, it was of uh, April of last year. We weren't sure, but I, I was going to do one more comeback fight here in Calgary because I'd never fought here in front of my family, yeah. and I was forty. I was 43 at the time. Crazy, right? Like in my mind, I'm thinking, wow. crazy. I, let's 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 try. But we 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 had a lockdown, and I had to cheat a little bit. Like uh, meaning, uh, the gyms are all closed as well. Couldn't really train anywhere. Had to go yeah. to my friend's basement to train. That was illegal at the time because we weren't supposed to have people over at. Um, yeah. Are you kind of facing the? You know, you you you're literally facing the same uh, uh, the problems that uh, I was. I I suspect. Um, uh, how much more have you? Have you, um, um, you know, uh, how much more uh, uh, struggles have you had to face as, as, you know, moving forward? I I guess I'm saying, first off, I'm really, really blessed because I have a family who supports me no matter what, especially through this career because they know I'm not professional yet. So my mom and dad, they support me a lot. And I guess I've never really seen it as... I never really see it as a struggle in a sense because I'm like, oh, okay, I can't do this. So it's okay. I will just make do with what I have. So um, I was attending online jujitsu classes with my professor would be teaching. And sometimes we, instead of talking, just we would talk about techniques and we get to ask questions. So I would take notes and stuff like that. And then sometimes I would try on my brother. Um, this was like before my membership expired in my gym as well. But I was doing like online jujitsu classes and stuff. And then 
uh, I'm quite lucky I have mats at home because uh, my mom, like my mom is a very active person. My whole family is. So she bought mats for the house. So I could do like my Muay Thai drills and stuff. So everything was done at home. Um, I had a little mat, so I just drilled whatever my professor encouraged us to drill and stuff like that. And then striking my brother. Like the only downside is that for sure my grappling has definitely like my reflexes and all that has gone down a lot. And working with my brother, I can see my strike. I, I definitely have to improve on my striking and to see like when I train with my brother, he sees so many holes in my game. And so it's good that now we're fixing it. And the only downside right now is that I can't be doing grappling. I feel like, because I have my brother who's helping me with striking. So I feel like my striking will be able to improve regardless. But my grappling, I have, because we can't have people over to train as well. So I can't, ha I can't have, I can't pay my coaches PT classes and come over to train me as well, because that's illegal. So I feel like my my grappling reflexes and skills have like kind of dropped where whereas that was kind of like my main goal after that last fight was like okay i saw all the holes in my game i went home after that tournament i started watching all my fights in that tournament i was like okay this is the hole in your game this is the hole in your game now i'm gonna go back home and i'm gonna fix it all so like literally before i think our lockdown was in march also march april last year um, that was literally what I was doing. I was like, okay, I need to fix my boxing. So I started going for more boxing classes. And then I started going for more jujitsu and wrestling classes as well to, to piece everything nicely together. And then the pandemic hit. But I'm also grateful in a way because I met, because of this pandemic, I managed to get a surgery done. Because if I was competing, I would have said like, no, I'm not doing a surgery. If I won't be able to compete in IMAF again and all that. But because I can't anyway this year, I actually fixed a problem that I've had for three years. So I've had a knee pain for three years and it's been bothering me since I was an obstacle course racer, even before MMA. So it was a pain that all my coaches knew that was always reoccurring to a point where I literally would have throughout the year a few times where I couldn't even come to training because my knee would hurt so bad I was limping because someone kicked my knee and then now I'm limping I can't train properly and then sometimes I have to tell my coaches like coach I can't kneel down I can't bend my knee I can't I couldn't do so many things because of the knee and then now with the lockdown I'm not allowed to fight I can't do any I, I can't compete so it was like I can't compete my knee is messed up the doctor is suggesting surgery to get rid of it once and for all. And I was like, great, this is a perfect timing. Get me the, the nearest surgery date you could get me. And in two weeks, he got me a surgery done. And we got the surgery done. And now, like, once in three years, I have no knee pain whatsoever. So it's like, it's like pros and cons. I always come, I always feel it comes into perspective. You can say, woe is me, the pandemic is here, I can't do anything, I can't work out, I can't train. Or you could say, Okay, I can't do, I can't go to the gym. It's okay. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna drill footwork at home. I'm gonna drill shadow boxing. I'm gonna drill on the wall. Whatever it is, you know, ask your professor what can solo drills can you do? It all comes down to what are you going to do and making the best out of the situation. Absolutely, Jason. 
Yeah, I got a couple of questions. Uh, first, regarding the pandemic still. <clears throat> so you guys must be allowed to leave your your home to go get necessities and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. is, there a, is there a procedure for that? Like you need some kind of form or how does that work? Not really. So I think now we, before this, we had a 10 kilometer uh, limit. So like radius limit. So you couldn't go 10 kilometers in radius outside of wherever you're staying. So they would check by asking you your identification card or like for me, my identification, I, I, identification card is my family's home. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But then I live in a different area. So I would carry like my water bill or my electricity bill if they ask where do you stay and then i'll say i stay here so to prove to them hey i'm paying the bills here this is actually where i'm staying even though my card says that i'm i'm in my family's home so this is kind of how they check and it's more of like here wherever you go you always need to check in so we have an app what we call my sajatara and what we do is at every single like even in a little corner stall you will always need to scan this little QR code that checks you in. So if let's say a case, a COVID case happens, you will be informed if you are, have had casual contact or direct contact and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. this helps the country kind of stay in line to know, oh, there's a cluster here. So this happened during this time to this time. And then the system automatically checks, were you here at that time? If you were, they will say, Please watch out for any symptoms. If you do, go here. So now you're aware like, oh, you had a casual contact. What do you need to do? And if you had a close contact, if you really were at the time, then they will say, okay, if you have no symptoms, fill out the form. If you have no symptoms, great. They will ask you to check for like 14 days straight. You need to say, if you have symptoms, they will say, okay, we need you to go to the clinic to get a PCR test or antigen test and stuff like that. So mostly that right now, um, it's complicated here because the rules keep changing constantly here. So it's like one minute we can, it's like one minute we can go out for a run. The next minute we can't even step foot out of our house. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's really confusing here. So even uh, me, I have to keep asking my parents and my friend like, okay, what's the rules now? Because like every two weeks, there's like a new a standard operating procedure and then the next day they suddenly say like oh no actually you can do this and i was just like can you just make up your mind and tell us what the hell is actually going on right now <laughs> that and sounds like, a lot like here <laughs> yeah, like that in canada 
we've, we've had things opened and closed about four times now. <laughs> government, and the government is trying to do their best because it's a new thing. A pandemic is very, very new and they're doing their best. But sometimes I'm just like, can't you just wait to announce it? Because sometimes we have uh, our PM, just our prime minister goes like, so I'm announcing that in two days, I'm going to announce the new procedure. Why <laughs> 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 do an announcement to announce another announcement? Like, <laughs> Don't worry, we, we, have a, we have a prime minister here, a very good looking man, uh, uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, that... Oh, yeah. uh, that uh, seems to mesmerize the uh, uh, to mesmerize the, uh, the the his his people through his good looks. But he says he says the same sort of thing. Sometimes I watch it and I don't understand. <laughs> I'm too engrossed um, in countries like politics and everything that I'm just like my friend is so engrossed. So I always get updates like what's going on. So I'm just like people ask me, do you know what's happening in America in other countries? I'm like my own country. Is a little bit messed up. I think I'll be more concerned about where I'm living right now first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned um, obstacle course racing, and I saw yeah. um, you talk about that in uh, some of your YouTube videos. Is that something you <laughs> is that something you did competitively, or was that just for fun? Um, I was a uh, kind of like a. Do you know about Spartan race? Yeah. So I was a Spartan Pro racer for Spartan Race Malaysian team for about two years before I swapped to MMA. Like I completely swapped my focus to MMA. So um, we we had Spartan Race here in Malaysia, and in two thousand seventeen, there was an Asia Pacific Championship Series. So they needed like a representative of a male and female. So the franchise owner of the Spartan Race Malaysia, they sent me as a female representative as part of the Spartan Pro Team Malaysia. So yeah, I was wow. competing. They sent me around like Hong Kong, Taiwan, um, Thailand, Singapore, uh, Australia to, to compete and stuff. Yeah, but that was also after two years of that, I kind of decided that uh, MMA was what I loved more because in 2018 I was being sent around the world to compete that was being I think 2018 I was around Southeast Asia so I was in Philippines I was in Singapore I was in Thailand I was in I was like in many different places every single month to compete in obstacle course racing but then I also had just started fighting that year so I was basically balancing between doing fight camps and also competing and training for obstacle course racing. So hmm. by the end of that year, I had a lot of friends because I have a lot of friends who are like 30 years old, 40 years old, who have kids of their own and stuff like that, and they race. So I was kind of like, because uh, I was only about 19, 18, 19, 19, 20 at the time. So I was kind of like the youngest competitor and I was the youngest competitor. So everyone kind of saw me as like their little sister. So even the the Spartan uh, elite races from other countries would see me and they kind of, because they saw me in a few different countries. So they kind of like would look out for me because I was kind of alone with the team and I was like the youngest one there. So they'll, they'll kind of like, are you okay? Like they'll check up on me after the race. <laughs> and really so they used to give me a lot of really good advice. Cause I was really young. So it's like, 
I'm like a baby there, whereas they have been doing this for a long time. So when they noticed I started fighting and stuff, they were like, we we know your love for obstacle cross racing because we see you everywhere and you're doing really well. Like you're winning races and stuff like that. But you can't be competing in two different sports at the same time because <laughs> you can damage your body in the long run. Of course, like at that age, I was like, I'm invincible. I can do anything. And then I got injured and then I was like, yeah, you're yeah, right. <laughs> and so I remember that year, so many people were telling me like, I have like a second mom in a sense in Singapore. She's Australian, but she she's like a mom to me. Whenever I'm in Singapore, she takes care of me. And she, she even sat me down and told me, she's like, I can see your love for MMA. But if this is where, what you want to do, you need to stop obstacle, uh, obstacle course racing. If you want to do obstacle course racing, you need to start with MMA. Like, I understand you love both, but you cannot do this and become at the elite level which you want to compete at. So after, like, you know, hearing this and then I had the time after my injury, um, it made a lot of sense. And then I decided to switch over in the end. My, uh, we have the Spartan coming up here and my coworkers asked me if I wanted to participate. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm 45 and I'm like 245 pounds. I'm like, I'm my not mom, doing a Spartan. My race. mom is 56. I, she used to do Spartan race with me. So I'll do the elite category. She'll do the either age competitive or she'll do the open category. Every race Colleen. that I had in Malaysia, she would go with me. Colleen, okay. you don't understand. You don't understand, Jason. You don't understand, Jason. That's why <laughs> your, your mom is maybe uh, 50, 50 something years old, and she's much younger than my 45 year old co host, Jason. <laughs> uh, how, how about something? How about a, a question or something smarter to say there, Vi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You were watching the uh, uh, Puck and Pigskin uh, podcast with Colleen Augustin. Uh, my 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 next question to you is: Do you you know because we're Canada, right? Like Canada, we we're so um, uh, we love our ice hockey. Uh, <laughs> do you know anything about ice hockey? A little bit. I do know that Canadians love the ice hockey because I have a friend who's studying in uh, British Columbia. Yep. So she's studying there and then, you know, she's right now because it's summer break, she's traveling around Vancouver and stuff. So I can't say I know a lot, but she tells me bits and pieces and stuff like that. And she always tells me that Canada is such a beautiful country. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely close to where like where we live anyway. Uh, well, British Columbia is obviously very beautiful, but uh, uh, in, in Calgary, uh, uh, we're right by the, like the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. So literally, I think uh, it takes me about 25 minutes to drive to the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. And so it's it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely beautiful, but cold, right? Like uh, I, know, uh, I know that ice hockey is a very brutal spot where people actually punch each other in the face. I see this on Twitter. Like, you know, like little gifs on Twitter. Like when I scroll, it's like different spots that pops up. It's like highlight or something. And I was just like, why the fist fighting? Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Colleen uh, and I will get along very, very well because she says "jiff." Yep. All of you, all you guys are. I do. I, we say "jiff," but a lot of people say "gif," and I don't understand it. Right. So, I, you know, we got this right. Me, me, Jason, and Colleen. Yay! Yeah, that's the only thing I think I don't really understand about ice hockey is that sometimes I see people fist fighting, and I'm just like, 
isn't this like a spot where you hit the puck into the goal? Why are there, why is there people fist fighting? Well, I'm adept at both uh, sports. So uh, growing up here, it's, it's kind of funny because, uh, uh, you know, I, I, can, I, can, I can fight, uh, but I could also play hockey. So, I, but let me tell you, when you're fighting in hockey, because you're fighting on skates, and uh, uh, typically there there is no weight class, right? Like so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a I'm not an overly big guy, you know. So uh, I'm always fighting bigger guys. But like it, the the balance is um, uh, the the balance on skates is uh, you know the your, your biggest thing because you just grab each other and then you wail away. There is no there is no slipping punches. There are no and nothing like that. You just grab onto each other and and uh and punch so uh it's very different but uh also fun at the same time i think for hockey players i i you know i would believe anyway i like to fight so uh you know fighting on skates is uh fun for me how about yourself jason uh do you like fighting when you're when you're playing hockey um i i don't i like play fighting when i play hockey and um you know, when I think of you skating and fighting, and I think uh, I picture Happy Gilmore for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so something I, like that. Something I like that. I do love playing hockey, though. So you know, I'm typical Canadian, obviously. Clearly, with the Col jerseys on. So, Colleen, um, I'm going to ask you the uh, the token question that everybody asks athletes: Who were some of your? Uh, who did you look up to? Uh, MMA wise, uh, you must have somebody that you're uh, a hero or someone you look up to in the MMA world. Um, I think there's there's so many out there, but of course there's. I would say these two names because I'm lucky enough to actually talk to them. One of them I know them, and he is my friend. The other one is just someone i'm just so lucky enough to actually have a, to even have conversation with her despite her being like one of the most biggest names in mma so the first one is my friend uh, agilan tani uh you guys will know he's in one championship one of the top mma fighters literally i think i would say he's number one in malaysia to be very frank even southeast asia i would say and he's he was the one that brought me into MMA. And honestly, like, because I've trained with him. I've seen him on and off the mats. I've seen, I mean, most people get to see him train. On, uh, most people only get to see him fight. Whereas I got to see, like, Gianni Suba, uh, Keanu Suba, Agilantani, F. Ting. You know, I when I started my MMA, I was training with them. And... I got to I got to like see another side of them and it's just like it's just amazing because off the mats what you see in the cage is just one persona of them outside they are like literally the sweetest human beings you could ever meet like definitely like the they like I was one of the only girls in the gym who did MMA at like before we didn't before now we don't have a fighters program when we did training with the pros i was the only girl and i was an amateur but the boys never once said like oh colleen you're too small oh you're a girl you're not supposed to be a no they were like oh you can't get this technique it's okay let me show you how maybe this could work for you and definitely agilan because i really got to know him as well as even as a friend and honestly 
like he is so sweet and goofy off the cage like most people see oh my god Agron's so scary like in the cage and stuff like that whereas like for me i see him outside in training where he's goofing around you know he's serious but like he knows how to have fun and he knows how to like joke around and stuff like that so i got to see that goofy side of him as well and i got to learn like so much from him like he he literally taught me mma that's why it was he was the one that brought me into mma and i just fell in love with it and the other one is chris cyborg i was so lucky i think this was last year i think end of last late last year um she had this mentorship program where her and her mentor coach eric faro 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 was doing this like what a championship champion mindset thing for four weeks so it's virtual of course and it's uh so every week you'd have homework and on so it's their sunday afternoon is my monday morning at 5 a.m so i would wake up at 5 6 a.m and then attend the weekly meetings to help us develop a champion mindset so that was where i got to actually like talk to chris cyborg and because i've only like read her stories i've seen her fight she's amazing but it changes so much when you look up to someone when you actually get to talk to them so when i actually got to talk to her i asked her like how was it that you you know all these kinds of questions that i was curious because i was a fighter and she was a freak she is a freaking legend so i was like asking her all these questions like i'm an amateur fighter there's so many things that I want to learn, I want to do, that I want to achieve. And I asked her like how she did it and the advice she gave me. And then... Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. She talked to me and like told me what I could do, how I like gave me a lot of advice. And that just showed me like, wow, like, yeah, they are fighters. But off the cage, she was she was an amazing person. Like she had her own, she had her own mission statement as well to herself, not only in the cage as a fighter, but outside as a person who she wanted to be. And she was always helping people outside. You know, she's always trying to improve herself. And I feel like getting to talk to her like that, even virtually was like an inspiring experience because it's like, wow. So this is the kind of person she is. And that makes me kind of be like, this is kind of like the champion that I want to be, like how Aguilan is as well, where off the mats, he's the sweetest human being. He's such a nice person. In the cage, he's the one of the best fighters. And that's kind of like, hey, I want to be a champion like that, who's 
who is humble, who's respectful, and that's someone I want to emulate in a sense. I mean, uh, having Chris Cyborg, Tatia, is a, is a pretty big deal. I mean, uh, oh, I was, uh, she... I was when I was up. She would, like, say, hi, Colleen. And I was, like, 5 a.m. in the morning, my brain's still fuzzy. And like, good morning, Colleen. Because everyone's, like, based in California. Yep. And then I think one girl's in Canada, one girl's in San Francisco. Then it was me who was, like, in a completely different area, like, in Malaysia. So when they found out I was in Malaysia, on... Every time we had a meeting, they would say like, good morning, Colleen. <laughs> when I would like turn on my camera and whenever she said, I, I was straight down. Every time she said, good morning, Colleen, I'm like, she knows my name. <laughs> <laughs> straight up, I'm, until now, I'm just like, she knows my name. <laughs> J Jason, I got a question for you real quickly because we, we, we don't get a chance to talk MMA much because we're always talking either football or hockey. Uh, is there a particular fighters that you like watching, uh, past or present? Um, Did you freeze? Oh, okay, you <laughs> <he was> searching. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was trying to bring up a, a video of Colleen here, and there was a window open on my screen that I couldn't see, and it was preventing me from unmuting my mic. Um, <laughs> I like, uh, I've only watched very few fights in my life, uh, uh, MMA fights. One thing I was impressed with, I watched um, Conor McGregor fight Cowboy, I think it was uh, a couple years ago now. And when Conor McGregor went in and they grappled and McGregor made him Used submit his shoulders? With, with a shoulder, that was insane. Like in my mind, I was like, I cannot believe that these guys, you know, you, you all of all the punches they take, all the kicks they take, and, and you know, it, it doesn't affect them that much. But this guy, you know, made a guy uh, give up with just using his shoulder, doing shoulder blows. And that was just, just blew my mind. Yeah, very fluid, too. And the only other fight I watched was I can't even remember who it was because it was uh, probably five years ago. And it was, uh, it didn't last very long. It was a first round knockout and it was just a brutal blow. And I was, we just happened to be in the bar when MMA was on. So I just kind of, you know, saw it on the screen. I was like, holy shit. Everybody at the table was like, what, what, what happened? I'm like, that nothing. <laughs> so uh, Jason lives in Red Deer. And uh, for many of you that, that don't know, or for those who do know, Jason, uh, Jason McDonald is from Red Deer. And that's, that was my coach. Uh, and uh, so he's a pretty big name over there. Uh, had a few UFC fights as well. Now, uh, in saying that, Conor, Conor McGregor is a pretty big name. Uh, Colleen, how, how do you feel about him? Uh, do you think he's coming back? I don't think so. I nah, actually, had, I actually yeah. had a talk about this. It's like everything that he wanted to achieve, he's already gotten it. He was a double champ. He, he achieved basically every single thing that he set out to achieve. He has got it. He has everything already. So it's kind of like you, you are at the best right now. It's good time for you to take a step back and retire because the fire that he had in his belly isn't as much as it was last time because he already has. He has the money to, to have a family, to, to help his wife who's always been there for him. So that was... 
one of the things he wants to become a champ he wants to become a double champ he did everything he is a legend without a doubt and i feel like this is where uh i had i talked about this with my coach before fighters need to know when to stop because a lot of times they they want to keep going say oh we'll win i'll go again i'll go again or if they lose they say no i want to finish i want to retire with a win and stuff like that and sometimes they end up just having that yo-yo of their one win one loss and then after the win they want another win before they retire and i feel like um it's a hard point where fighters need to know when it's time to stop like what khabib did he was here and he said i'm done and he retired at the top of his game as a legend and no one can argue otherwise and no matter what no like i know ufc has offered him fights to come back and he's denied every single one and he kind of knew like okay this is where i am i'm ready here that's it my legacy is there this is enough for me because i think like it's hard for fighters because how do you know when is enough because all we want to do is fight like we you we know this all we want to do is just fight but then as a professional you're going to reach a certain level where you need to identify within yourself when enough is enough as much as you love to fight you need to stop your career at some point and swap to something else already so i feel like mm, for mcgregor is maybe time for him to stop and maybe for him to build up the next generation instead which he has been doing like i know the imaf team in ireland is actually um funded by mcgregor actually helped to fund the imaf irish team actually to go to imaf european opens and world championships so why not and i can see that oh no <laughs> so yeah i've uh whoops hang on oh no i'm pretty sure this is without a sound Let's see if i can actually get this working here so in saying that, as, as Jason's working on that, I mean, uh, certain fights, like uh, even the McGregor-Cerrone uh, fight, I was very happy to see Cowboy get uh, one one final go at it and get a big yeah. payday, which was very, very nice to see um, when you're talking about knowing when to call it a career and McGregor giving him that opportunity, uh, McGregor and Dana giving him that opportunity uh, was actually quite heartwarming, uh, you know, uh, as I recall, um, you know, watching that fight and, and you know what a career by cowboy as well so uh sure. colleen i agree with you yeah so let's uh let's see colleen in action here a little bit oh, Lord. this is my first international mma competition oh lord <laughs> While we're watching this, Colleen, I'll ask you: Do you do you often watch your your fights back? Obviously, to see things that you can improve and and stuff like always, that. Always, always, I always watch <clears throat> back to see like what my mistakes. Even after this Asian Open, the two fights that I had, I watched it back and I was like, "You are missing so many things in your game." And I went <laughs> back and then just started to train again for the worlds, and then even at the worlds. Four days of fighting i went back and watched again and i was like okay there's a lot of mistakes that you're doing you need to fix this i feel like um as painful as it is to watch back 
uh, fighters need to watch back their fights in order to identify, but with a clear mind in a sense that, okay, your job now is to watch the fight objectively and find the pros and cons. Not only the cons, but what worked. What Whatever works, you keep doing it and whatever doesn't work, you see like, oh, like, okay, I got my nose broken. Why? Because my hand was down. Okay, don't do it again. So like seeing this, I get to objectively see like, okay, I had this problem. I think I talked with my coaches before. They were like, stop only focusing on the things that didn't work and the things you messed up with. Look at the things that worked for you as well. Because I had the mindset of I need to fix things. So I was always like looking for the mistakes. He's like, don't only look for the mistakes. Look for the things that worked as well. What worked for you? Oh, these things work for you. So let's let's do them repeatedly. Let's make them better and make it good. The things that didn't work, let's find another way to fix them. So with that mindset, it helped me to analyze my game better and be like, oh, okay, this is where I'm good. This is where I'm weak. And then now let's work from that list. I just realized that I didn't completely finish Vi's question that he asked me either. My um on the female side of things, Ronda Rossi all the way. Um Ronda <laughs> Rossi is Pioneer. 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 Yeah. Um Canadian. Is she <laughs> Canadian? I thought she was yeah, American. I'm pretty sure she's Canadian, isn't she? she no, American. I'm pretty sure she's American, yeah. Okay, I think uh well, you guys would know more than I would. <laughs> With much respect to her, because like Colleen has said, she is a pioneer. But I believe uh, if if she fought in today's game, I think Colleen could probably win that fight. With her, just you're right. Just She's simply, American. I think I think Colleen could win that fight. Just just because uh, just because the, the games changed so much. Um, I don't know. I, I think she was a uh, right place, right time. Uh, phenomenal athlete for sure mm -hmm. uh, with with her judo. But um, um, hard to say now. But it's like it's like saying. You know, we always say the uh, forefather of, of MMA is uh, is uh, Bruce Lee, right? But then uh, Bruce Lee was phenomenal. But would he would he win a fight in today's game? Uh, very tough. I, I don't. I can I can see where that point of view comes from, for sure. But again, without them, we wouldn't we wouldn't have the MMA that we have today. As well. That's true. That's true. You always have to respect it. For sure. Um, now. Uh, my and another question that I have for you because it's interesting to you know talk to talk to uh, younger fighters and, and see what their perspectives are. Um, I can see the hunger and I can see the drive. Even when I watch your your other YouTube videos, I I posted one on my Twitter page. Uh, you know, it's 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 uh, that 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 was very uplifting for me. Um, and I'm 44 years old. Um, where did you develop that mindset? Uh, and uh, you know, it, do you think it's family or do you think it's just a just the good people around you, your coaches, uh, your trainers. Uh, is that where you developed? Or did you, were you naturally always like how you are now? I would say that it's because of my family and also my coaches. I have amazing family. I have amazing friends and good coaches. And literally, like as they say, whatever you put around in your environment is really, really important. And my coaches, like, I love them to bits. They've been there with me when I was crying on the mats through through everything. Like, cause I again I was one of the youngest ones. So I had a lot of pressure put on myself because I always wanted to I wanted to be perfect. I always wanted to be perfect. It's a thing with me. And to have the coaches that I had, it, it's honestly amazing because 
they don't only teach me MMA. They're not only martial arts. They teach me other things as well as a person. So that helped build my character as well. And definitely like a huge, huge is my parents. My parents are just amazing. Like I would definitely say if my dad did not sacrifice the things that he did and had my mom not supported me in the way that she did, I will not be the person I am today. Like everything is because of my parents. Every single opportunity I've had is because of my parents. The person I am is all back down to my parents because they set me straight when I needed to be set straight. They helped me find my way whenever I I didn't know what to do. You know, they always taught me like to be respectful. They always taught me to have a strong mindset. You know, all these kinds of things. It came from my parents first. It came from my family first. And like even until now, I'm only 23 years old. And you know, honestly, like seeing how much how how much my parents have sacrificed for me like my dad had a job like a good job really good my mom and dad were both working and i moved states when i was younger and my dad actually left the military when i was born as well because he wanted to prioritize family and he was a captain working his way up the ranks as most military men would and he was like my family is more important and he left before his pension and all these kinds of things because you have to serve x amount of years before you can get it he left and then my mom was always working and then when we moved states my dad again he had already had good another good job he left it as well because he saw the big shift the shift from where I was born to the new, where I am right now in KL was such a big shift that uh, my brother and I needed him a lot. So he again became a stay-at-home dad. It's not like he didn't have a capability to earn money like my mom, but they realized that one of them needed to be at home and the best option was my father. And I feel like if he hadn't done that, I really would not turn out to be the person I am today because he was there every single step of the way since I was a kid until now. I can't remember a day when my father was not there for me. Like I was homeschooled as well in high school. So I was homeschooled under Alpha and Omega Academy. It's American Academy. Uh, Everything's online. And again, like... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. I was, though, I was always had to be more proactive. So my parents always taught me to always be proactive. If you don't know anything, it's okay to not know. Just say you don't know, ask. So whenever I have problems in economics, I'll ask my mom because my mom's a finance person. So I was like, I do not understand how economics work. What is this? So I'll ask her when I had a science question or something, I'll ask my dad. So they always taught me it's okay to say the word I don't know. It's okay to not know. And whenever I didn't know something, my dad would say, it's okay. Let's find out together. Even I don't know. So seeing my parents and like seeing my dad as well and my mom admitting to the fact like i don't know it's like oh okay so because you know as a kid you have a mindset your parents know everything you know they're they are basically god omnipresent omnipotent all that sort of stuff but then to my dad and my mom telling me like hey i really don't know let's find out together and then my dad would sit down with me figure out the math the algebra like oh what is actually going on and then we try to figure it out together. And that's just like, you know, like imagine your parent actually, there's no ego or anything like that. And my parents always kind of taught me that, you know, always be respectful to everyone around you. Always be kind, always be compassionate. It was one of the biggest things in our family. Whenever you can give back to the community, always give back whenever you can. Because my mom grew up poor, very, very poor. And the opportunity she had in her life, she took it and she ran with it. And that's why I have the life that I have today. It's all because of her. And I know her story and she always instills upon my brother and I, if you want something, you need to work hard and get it. No one's going to spoon feed you. No one's going to give you anything. If you want something, you work hard, you put in the time, you go for it. And the opportunities will present itself. When it does, seize it, make the best of it. It's like, yes, maybe you don't feel like you're ready. Maybe you don't feel like you deserve it. But if the opportunity is there, and if someone's going to say, oh, she only got it because of whatever reason they want to give, so what? Take it, be the best, and now they can't say jack shit anymore. Because why? You prove that you deserve that position in the first place. Because that was my mom. Uh, fresh out of university. She studied in the University of North Texas. She came back. She ended up getting one of her managerial positions. And she was only like 20-something. Most managerial positions in the company was a bit higher. She was given that because the boss saw, was like, oh, you have potential. And people would say, she's too young. She can't do it. And she was like, I will prove it to you. And she made it work. And no one could say anything to her. And that's how she rose. So... You know, having parents like that and parents that tell me like, you can do anything you want. Like when I wanted to learn a sport, they never said no. When I wanted to learn ballet, they said, okay, they found me a school. When I wanted to learn, um, when I was playing basketball competitively, my parents would say, okay, let me help, let us help you. My dad would help me train but for basketball for my games. When I wanted to, when we got into like martial arts and stuff like that, when I told my parents I wanted to fight, they did not say no at all to me. They were like, are you sure? I was like, yes. It's like, are you going to train hard? I was like, yes, I will do whatever coach tells me to do. They were like, okay, if you're going to put in the hard work, go ahead. We will pay for the registration fees. 
So having a family that never discriminated, like, oh, you're a girl, you can't do this, you know, these kinds of things was never was never a thing. It was like, you want it, if you work hard for it, we will make it happen. So I your think- parents, Your parents have to be extremely proud of you because uh, as, I'm, as I'm watching you talk about them right now, and you can go on and on about them. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I can, you know, we, we, we typically, uh, here in Canada, like uh, because the culture is so different, right? Like, I mean, uh, for myself anyway, like uh, growing up uh, being, being a Chinese Canadian, uh, you know, oh, I'm, yes. I'm born in I'm, I'm being, you know, I'm born in Hong Kong, but like I still went to Chinese school. My parents made sure that, uh, you know, I, I learned how to read and write, you know, um, and I could talk about my parents all day as well. Uh, but, you know, growing up here, sometimes you, you look at um, you look at everybody and uh, like right now talking to you and, and listening to you talk is very impressive to me. It's very impressive to hear. Um, it's not new. It's not new to me because maybe our cultures, you know, but uh as far as as many people as I've ever interviewed, and Jason, I'm, I'm sure is the same. If, if we talk about parents, it's pretty quick. You know, his parents did this, that, then boom. But you going on, like I mean, uh, and and continuing to, I could, and we allow you the platform to speak about your parents all day. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Just they, they must be so so proud of you, and and I am too. I am too as a as an as an elder nowadays. It's funny that I call myself an elder because I still feel quite young. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's over that. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's a uh, very very impressive, and 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 thank you for sharing so much about your your family. Um, this is where credit is due. For sure, Jason. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't have uh, much left myself to ask her. I don't think. Um, the only thing I have to ask is I think I saw you selling uh boudoir calendars to raise money for charity is that is it you're raising money for charity yes yes <laughs> i'm um yeah because um during the pandemic um there was no fights and stuff and the opportunity for modeling came along so a photographer approached me for boudoir modeling and i was like i have no fights i'm training let's just see how it goes and i kind of fell yeah. in love modeling in that genre so and it kind of took off as well the last year i've shot with so many photographers and like managed to because i I work as a personal trainer and i kind of lost a lot of clients because of the pandemic no one wants to and i train uh children so i don't want to risk my kids for anything whatsoever so and it's and my kids like putting them online it's not fair to them because they are online school every day. It's just like, now I'm telling them to look at me through the screen. Another point is, if I can't make them listen to me in person, uh, through the screen is just going to be 30 minutes of them running around in circles. So at least in person, I can let them run around for 15 minutes and then I gain control back. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and the modeling helps. So I figured, hey, if I'm going to sell... <laughs> we're gonna make calendars and sell them might as well do it for charity so yeah my friend is the one that actually introduced me to the charity the love for life foundation it's a cancer it's a cancer chat foundation to help uh youth and young adults who are going through cancer so it kind of they what they do is that they help families they give them grants so that they are able to pay rent uh put food on the table for at least a little bit or they go through their cancer treatments and stuff like that. So yeah. 
and That's we will uh, we'll definitely there's support. Just, there's uh, just a, sorry, sorry, Vi. There's just a uh, small sample. I, I won't I won't show too much. I won't uh, put, post anything. Um, there's just a small sample right there. If you want to see more, grab the calendar and uh, raise money for charity. Yes. Go ahead, Vi. <laughs> I was going to say we're definitely we would I, I I didn't know all this stuff Jason so uh the uh but we'll definitely support uh, we'll definitely support doing modeling I was like oh yeah I had no idea but I uh, will we'll definitely share and and we'll definitely share retweet anything that uh, that that you you post in terms of everything right so we, we're going to follow your career closely I know we're a world apart right now but uh, big fans and uh, thank you for joining us uh, this late into the night and. This early into the, uh, this early into the morning for us. Yes. We, one thing that uh, you know, one thing that people may not know, me and J me and Jason woke up exactly five minutes before the interview was supposed to start today. So, <laughs> good. Can, you, can you tell? Yeah, not together though, ladies and gentlemen. We we are we didn't wake up together. We just seemed to wake up at the same time in different cities. But. Um, yeah, you mentioned um, following along with her and retweeting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Colleen, where can we follow your, your career stuff and where can we follow you on social media? Um, I'm mostly active on Twitter and Instagram. So you can follow me on Twitter, which is Colleen Augustine. So literally my name there without the R. And then uh, on Instagram, you can find me on Colleen Augustine uh, MMA. So again, without the R. Yeah, these are my two most active platforms where I usually engage with uh, people more. And is there is there an online resource where we can follow uh, your MMA stuff? Like um, the 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 I I want to say league, but it's not a league. What would you call? Uh... Oh, I'm off. Um, yeah. I I guess in a sense, I know that all the fights go on topology. So usually, okay, yeah. uh, topology is usually the one where all the MMA up, upcoming fights and stuff like that. So the tournaments that I compete in, usually it pops up there like, oh, the brackets are here and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll yeah. post all those links uh, in the description as well. Yay. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so, yeah, we can uh, go. We, we'll, we'll try to grow your brand here in North America. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll exactly. see you fight over. I hope to one day visit, to be honest. Yeah, uh, when you're in Canada, if you're in the Calgary area, let us know. Uh, we'll definitely uh, uh, show you. Uh, Calgary Chinese Chinese food is not bad, actually. In, in comparison, <laughs> I've been, I've, I've been, I've been to Malaysia, and of course, Malaysia has the best food. But um, uh, Calgary is not too bad. I'm actually vegan. Are you vegan? Okay. Yeah. I am. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Nor am I. I. I am definitely a meatitarian. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm vegan and I've won fights. You're vegan and, and I've won fights. Vegan power. Vegan. <laughs> <laughs> the voice in the back there. Uh, maybe we should bring her in to say hi before we we, we go. Does she want to say hi? A uh, future this guest on the podcast, folks, right here. Future guest. This is Shen, guys. Hi. <laughs> Hi. She is a um, she's a uh, deadlifter, right? Uh, Olympic Wait. deadlifter. Only weightlifter. Oh, free weightlifter. Yes. Uh, are, so, uh, to our audience, 
Uh, are you doing? What, what do you have anything uh, cool coming up uh, uh, that that you'll be doing after the pandemic, uh, uh, possibly? Uh, I've got a competition coming up in Singapore, and I actually do hope. And my coach is actually currently training me up for nationals, which is the Sea Games, and end of next year. So it's the Southeast Asian Games to represent Malaysia for the comp. Yes. Awesome. I, I know Jason. I mentioned that uh, he he would love to have you on this uh, on this program as well. So that'll be a that'll be a lot of fun. And I feel sorry for any anybody uh any any male or female that that wants to enter that household that you guys live in because uh you know i don't think they make it out alive if uh oh nice oh wow this is incredible <laughs> jason ima imagine imagine like any any boyfriend or or potential boyfriend being inside this house and doing them wrong i mean that would be a big problem i think I think guys are just too intimidated by yeah. I, I could see that. I could see that. I could see that being a I could see it being an issue. <laughs> well ladies, uh thanks for uh staying up so late for us. And uh Vi, thank you for dragging your butt out of bed so early for this. I had a I I I, I was on a podcast last night too with the uh Bravaria uh, Bravara uh media uh, the, the newest program, the talk show that we had, and we had Heather Shaw uh, from uh, She Knows Vegas join us. So I actually worked pretty late last night as well. So, but I really was looking forward to this one uh, t uh, today. And uh, thank you again, uh, Colleen, for 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 joining us. Thanks so much. Like it's such an honor to be here and being able to talk to you guys and stuff. Like I meet new friends. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely did, and like Vice said, anytime you're in the uh, area, hit us up. Definitely, 100%. And when we go to Malaysia, we'll hit you up. Yes, definitely. We'll take you around to get some food. She, she knows all the food places. Non-vegan. <laughs> yeah. Non-vegan. Yeah. Right on. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. if, if this podcast takes off and actually starts making money, we can go to Malaysia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you guys will. You guys will make money from this. Uh, <laughs> I've made 25 cents so far. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Any right. thanks a lot colleen thank you so much pleasure bye colleen we'll see you again soon thank you
Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.